No, I appreciate your time, particularly as it is so early in the morning. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, and it's a basic one to start with, really. Um, and take it in turns, however you so choose. Just simply a bit this. How are you doing at the moment? How has your week been so far? Good. Good. Yeah. 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 Exciting. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we're just like, it's, you know, it's getting, I mean, what, two days? Yeah, so, two days. So, yeah, two days to the album release. It's, it's pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, just seeing what comes through and um, trying not to overthink things. And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Still overthinking things with me. <laughs> I, I mean, you are so close to that point. We'll get to that in a minute, though. But first things first, what does a day in the life of a member of Nixle look like most of the time? Uh, we all have pretty different, like, outside of band circumstances, I think. Uh, I am an acupuncturist. Um, and, uh, so that is the thing that I do. Um, our vocalist is an illustrator and tattooer, uh, our other guitar player is a, Shane is a, um, brain. What does Shane do? Shane works for Amazon and he is also an illustrator and videographer for hire. And he does construction. And he used to be a chef for a while. Was a chef, and yeah. Was a chef for a long time. A really good chef. I think it seemed like he got kind of burnt out on maybe the restaurant industry. Um, but it, it would be cool to see him get back into that because I know he spent a lot of time. Uh, yeah, kind of... he's. It was like most of his adult life. I think that was his work. Yeah. Mm. So there's that. I uh, I have a mess today. Um, what do you, Alden? You do like. Uh, I work at a desk job. Yeah, I, I work at a um, uh, engineering firm as like a drafter, and I manage um, like the submissions that go out and, and check the drawings and everything. So that's that's pretty intense sometimes when there's a big submission, and we all have pets and you know yeah to worry about and stuff. Yeah, lots of pets. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to ask, what pets have you got? Um, I have chickens, cats, and a bearded dragon. Um, <laughs> Shane and his... Oh, yeah. oh, go ahead. They, they, have dog, they do dogs, right? They had dogs, yeah. Um, I have a cat, a dog, a rabbit. My daughter has a rabbit. Um, my daughter has a uh, sp- uh, spotted gecko, what they're called. Yeah. They're cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had more rabbits we, we we used to have a bunch of rabbits and unfortunately um we lost a couple in a really short span of time so we still have we still have one that is going strong incredible variety yeah, yeah i got two cats here. <laughs> cats are so, important i like yeah so important <laughs> As we march, uh, well, closer to the end of August 2023, really entering the latter part of this year, are you satisfied with what you've accomplished so far this year? I would say yes. Yeah, It's yeah. been a fucking whirlwind. We started the year in the studio and then we've done a bunch of touring and then we we hooked up with Prosthetic last year, but it's kind of ramped up as the album's gone into production and 
uh yeah yeah i would say what do you think Alden? it's been pretty hectic yeah a lot happened in a really short amount of time so it's been tough to like um we we don't really get a lot of downtime to like plan things at the moment we're just sort of executing you know or trying our best to um get the uh once we once we had this whole thing in motion with prosthetic and we had I don't I don't know if we already had studio time booked or we just like booked it immediately yeah, we did. for for um Jan the end of January of this year and then we only spent like four days in the studio with like an extra day of last minute like mixing so it was like five days recorded and mixed and then it went to mastering and then it was out of our hands and there wasn't a lot of time to like really uh overthink it or overanalyze or edit or redo things and we just sort of like hope for the best and move forward but since then things have moved pretty quickly yeah it's, it's been like the years kind of flown by for us i think for me yeah definitely <laughs> so of course i mean we've mentioned already but as of the time recording we're two days away from the release of your new album from the wound spilled forth fire out august 25th of august via prosthetic record so i want to gauge where your head is at with it right now basically i know it can kind of work one or two ways sick of it want to just get it out and send it out into the world or still absolutely loving the ride you're on where are you at uh i'm still into it i still get so like psyched to hear the songs and to, to play this i mean we haven't been able to yet play all of the songs from the record live so every time we add a new one into the sets like really exciting to see how it feels to do it and how folks react to it um yeah yeah definitely i definitely still into it yeah yeah i think so it's yeah we're, i mean and it's a kind of a new feeling for us as well you know um working with the label so we're excited and nervous and unsure you know we're just taking it one thing at a time <laughs> yeah definitely have you found it easier uh working with the label particularly when it comes to i mean obviously promotion and uh, a more worldwide reach is a, a massive massive gain but have you felt more pressure to deliver because of the label um i don't think so i've they've been really they've been really supportive and encouraging and like engaged with the process. And, and also I feel like trusting of our internal process, which has been really huge. And mm. uh, we are all really committed to our art to sound as pretentious as that sounds. Um, and <laughs> so it was important for us to work with a, a label that would give us control um, over what we're doing. And obviously, prosthetic has a great reputation for that and they have yeah i mean i feel like if anything they've they've been more encouraging than um than like an overseer <laughs> like uh putting pressure on it so that's felt really good for me personally at least yeah no, no pressure from them maybe pressure on ourselves you know um some of us more than others i have a tendency to like uh, <laughs> i don't i don't know overthink but also like really really uh train myself mentally sometimes you know when when i feel like there's deadlines or when i feel like there's uh more expectations you know so um nothing was different about this from the first record i wasn't i didn't record the first record all knots untied but i joined like a month after it released um and as far as i can tell and what i've heard and been told like the whole process was the exact same we, you know, we recorded in the same place pretty much the same amount of time and 
every, you know, it's just in someone else's hands being put out, you know? So I think, I think maybe the pressure to like, to step up our game or something like mm. whether that important or not was there, but we, we just tried to not overthink it, I think, and then just went about it the same way that we had asked. Are you noticing uh, an increase in opportunities uh, outside of your uh, home country? You're noticing more attention yeah. and things like that. Yeah, that's been really cool. I I think especially um, our first record came out like in the height of the COVID pandemic. And so um, every, I mean, there were lots of reasons why access was limited, but um, even just thinking about like shipping records overseas, it's like, I, I am so touched and pleased and honored by folks in other countries who have bought our stuff from us and paid $40 in shipping, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Uh, so now definitely, you know, working with a label that has international reach is really great because, you know, it, it provides um, access elsewhere that is hopefully more um, feasible for folks financially. But also, I mean, we'd love to play in Europe, uh, a lot so you know feeling like that connection would probably be uh, facilitated a lot more smoothly having prosthetic with us so yeah definitely more access that way okay then talk to me about your vision for this record when you first started taking those early tentative steps what did it look like what was your thought process um, you want to take this on all the time? Yeah, well, I mean, I was the, I mean, I was new when we started writing this early on, so I was more like feeling it out with the rest of the group because I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to kind of let things go however they had gone in the writing process for the first record, and so it was a little tough for me at first, like bringing ideas and kind of trying to like feel out how to implement them, but there wasn't like a. Um, as far as I'm aware, there wasn't like a concept necessarily or a vision early on. Um, C came up with the title and the concept probably about halfway through the writing. Um, I brought a lot of riffs that ended up being on the title track. And hmm. I think that's when he determined that like, this is the title and, and this is kind of like the, the overall theme that he was working with at the time, having been like three songs into the writing. I, ironically, the, the, order of title tracks is almost exactly how we wrote the songs which is kind of strange mm -hmm. no, that doesn't that doesn't work out like that and it wasn't <laughs> it didn't worth it but uh collapsing was the first song we wrote uh i think door never closed was second that's like the third track so it's pretty close yeah enthrall and door were kind of happened like simultaneously and then wound abyss and grave were like yeah the last three songs that we, we wrote is Grave was the final one. It, it was written like two months before we went in the studio. So that was like cutting it really close. Um, and that one came together like really quickly. Um, but yeah, it just sort of built organically, you know, over the course of like a year and a half. And I don't, I don't think there was like any real intention or plan until, until these lyrics started to come together. Um, the mm. rest was just like writing riffs and, and trying to like, start this connection that was still pretty new between me and the other four members and understand where each of us are coming from and and uh, any ideas that I might bring or Shane might bring or anyone else like format them in a way that works for everyone else you know and and really get to know each other instead of you know there, there was no like master concept laid out at first 
Yeah, Shane is an incredibly prolific songwriter, um, which made, uh, when we wrote the first album, I would say we had a, another guitarist working with us, but he didn't contribute riffs so much as he, I mean, he just kind of like added stuff on top of it. He, I would say the rest of us, Shane and I brought, put the riffs together mostly. Um, C and I had come up with some stuff prior, having known each other before, and then hmm when Alden came in um he has a really unique style and so it was cool to see how he and Shane work together with stuff because again they're both like constantly throwing in new riffs um which is cool uh it's like ideas but we we approach things really differently which is great but you know it's, it's yeah. tough to, like, it's tough to find a middle ground but it's also refreshing because you know I, I think I, I, Aurora I would say everyone in this band you know comes from a pretty different background and approach to certain things so yeah there's always a fresh idea or a fresh take on something whether it's like going to work in nixel then we have to figure that out yeah but everyone's always like helping to like reset an idea like i might bring a riff but mm. he will be like you know let's try it let's try it this way because you know that sounds a little stock or something and then it'll end up being like something that i would never would have anticipated you know yeah, it's really weird to go back and listen to songs and be like oh shit i remember that riff sounded like this before and now it's this whole other like wild thing uh but yeah to answer your question uh no there was not a concept ahead of time we just yeah. kind of it just kind of uh um unfolded as yeah. it did yeah well i want to um go back to something you specifically said alden if you don't mind and talk about coming in new being there about a month when this writing process started how long did it take you to start feeling comfortable to bring forth your ideas a while <laughs> mm. um i i brought ideas pretty early on but i didn't feel comfortable sometimes yeah um and luckily since collapsing the polls was the first song we started it didn't have you know a title i don't think at the time but there were already it was already like half of a song at that point so there was a nice little starting point um, and I think I contributed like the melody that's in the bridge part where we're repeating lines. Uh, I, I started, that's just like something I started playing in the room, feeling it out. And, you know, like the ending riffs, I think I helped a little bit, but there was already like a pretty solid structure for that happening. Um, but when I came up with riffs, it's like, I don't know, I, I work, I work in this room a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. that's where I write a lot of my music for my other projects and I've recorded a lot of stuff in here and working in a room with other people is something that I've done before, but it's been a few years after COVID, you know, um, taking a break from collaborating with other people. So lately I'm just in here and I write a riff and I record it. And if I like it, then I start arranging it and then I send it out for mixing somewhere else um, if it's going to be released fully. So I think it was different for the group to like get, emails with like riffs arranged and like i i would once i start writing something it, it kind of flows from there and i might send out like a four or five minute temporary you know like song structure and i'm always prefacing every email it's like this doesn't have to be this way it's just what happened <laughs> like yeah. and i think I was i was nervous that people would think that i'm like trying to step on anyone's toes or i'm trying to like do too much when but I also don't want to hold back the ideas, you know? So that was kind of intense for me because I, I didn't know like how that would be received. And I didn't want to like, you know, 
come across like I was trying to just write three songs at once or something. It just, you know, to be productive and send out the ideas, even if it's, even if only one or two are going to be used, you know, if, if a certain riff resonates with someone in the group and they can help flesh it out into something special, then I'd rather send it, you know, rather than keep it to myself and, and stress about whether it works or not, you know, but that was kind of, it took a few months, I think, to get comfortable because that's the way I work and everyone else works a little bit more like taking a phone recording or just bringing the riff to the room and, and showing everybody where when I work in here, I'll, I'll write a bunch of riffs, but I won't necessarily remember it next week, you know, cause mm. it kind of just flies out for the moment and I record it as I work and then I move on, you know? Um, so I think, I think it took a little while to like understand each other, you know, where we're coming from and how to, how to best, uh, take all these different ideas from all these different places and, and put them together. I'd love to get your perspective, uh, Aurora, in regards to um, making Alden feel more comfortable. Was that a, a thing you were all actively trying to do? Yes. <laughs> we wanted to enfold him as soon as possible. No, um, we just really appreciated his style. I, I mean, being... A thing that has been difficult for me um, is that, again, Shane and Alden are both like incredibly prolific songwriters and would come to the space and play off each other really well. And I'm like, all right, so where the fuck does the bass fit into this? Um, so having Alden send riffs out and like giving me something to play with at home is, was kind of transformative for me in terms of being able to like fit things in because otherwise the two of them are like coming up with stuff on the spot and it's really fast and which is great, but also, you know, I want to like allow them to do that and then also have a place that's an interesting um, addition for the bass. But yeah, I mean, we were all really, um, we all really wanted him to feel comfortable and we're trying to encourage him. I feel like we adopted a lot of the riffs that he came up with and um, yeah, he, yeah. I don't know. I, and everyone was, was super welcoming and, and, you know, polite and like, this is one of the most like mature groups I've ever been in. And I've, I've worked with a, like a lot of, not to say anything bad about anyone previously, like I've had great relationships with all my previous bands and band members, but this is a group where like everyone is wildly different and there, there aren't really, I don't know, like after over two years, there aren't really any serious conflicts, you know, it's, mm, it's yeah. when there is a disagreement, it's handled really, really well. And everyone is respected and heard and, uh, we work through things pretty seamlessly, you know, like, yeah. so far. <laughs> <Everything's been great. laughs> Knock but, on wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, no, they, everyone was super kind and, and welcoming and, and appreciative and like, we just help each other, you know, it's not, it's, it's, there's no competition and there's, there's no stress or, you know, if there is an idea, someone doesn't dig, like they have every opportunity to, say that and and that's okay you know it's okay to not really like the way something's going and we did say that a couple yeah. times you know about my ideas yeah, about sure. one of Shane's ideas about the way maybe the key was playing the drums in one part like you just have to voice you know your feelings and then we'll work from there you know I think that's the most important thing is to just hear each other and understand it and we've worked through things super super well together so it's it's been pretty smooth and seamless yeah yeah well, the end result speaks for itself. The album is an incredible release, a revelation, let's be honest, in uh, forward-thinking, um, forward-thinking, experimental black metal. Um, so congratulations on that. I 
expect it to be hugely successful across the world, let alone in your own home country. Yeah. But I have to ask, picking up on what you kind of said before about uh, the tracks as they came together, it doesn't sound like much ended up on the cutting room floor. Did a lot. Is there a lot of stuff pushed to the side for potential look in the future? We had already booked studio time. And when we all of a sudden had this um, potential record connection thing. So it was more that we had to put things together and less that we had to pare things down for this record. Um, although there is definitely a, a litany of ideas that were not like fleshed out yet and are still saved um, in phone recordings and emails and stupid riff names written on a whiteboard. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was less, less paring down and more like just having to kind of quickly create as, as much as we could in, a way that felt natural and good yeah, yeah for sure i mean there's there's definitely some of the some of the songs started like i think abyss unto abyss started as two different demo ideas that i had sent yeah. out and we picked the parts we liked and mushed them together and then left the other ones behind not in my opinion there's no real reason to revisit that because it'll just sound too similar but there was there was some material but yeah like, like aurora said it was a lot of like kind of not rushing but like we were on a time crunch at a certain point to assemble something. And um, there is an anxiety that comes with that, like wondering, are we, are we not being critical enough? You know, we don't want to just like slap things together. But I, I think, I think it was just the right amount of time, you know, to, to make it all work and be happy with it and, and feel like it wasn't just being rushed out the, the door, you know? That time crunch you speak of sounds like potentially the most challenging aspect of making this record. Have you, is that true? Or do you have something else that individually you thought or found to be the most challenging part of creating this record? I think it was the time crunch for sure. I, I, to revisit what you had asked about previously, I think like if there was an element of pressure for me around working with a label and that it was because of the time crunch, we just, yeah, like wanting to get something done that was, up to our own standards, uh, let alone up to this other like amazing organization of human standards um, in a, a time frame all of a sudden. And we were working with a recording engineer who we all really, really respect. And, you know, we got to be in this space with the stuff complete by this date. And yeah, that was definitely that was definitely intense. <laughs> but it also there's something about that anxiety that kind of like that fuels creativity in a way like if you can get out of your own head and just kind of like i don't know use the tension as a source of um inspiration so i think that probably came through a little bit in the songs too yeah i've never i've personally never worked with like a deadline before which is in my experience has been a detriment because i'll take months or even years to finish an <laughs> album mm. Put it out, or I'll I'll have it done, and then I'll just sit on it and be like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to release it. I don't I don't know what to do with it. Is it the right time of year? And overanalyze it. <laughs> it's nice to have a deadline, but it got it got pretty hectic. Um, I've never made an album in four days. <laughs> like that was, and most people don't make albums in four days, you know. Um, so there's there was a point where it's like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mean it. I don't want a deadline. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to have another week or something to, you know, and, and that did extend into everything else as well. It just kind of like, 
it was like a waterfall of like, all right, the album's done. Well, now videos, but we have to have the video out by this date. And we got, oh, we got plenty of time, but we got to plan and find locations and edit. And all of a sudden, every everything is coming down to the wire. And again, it, it's great because it forces us to just like get our stuff out the door and not get in our own heads about it. But uh, yeah, another couple of days here and there is always helpful <laughs> when it's like it's done, but we need to finish this thing or that thing. You know, it's um, not to take forever, but yeah, it, it I don't know. It's, it's a there's good and bad, you know, and it's exciting. So I think we handled it well. I think we're we're hoping for a little bit more um, flexibility next time with just like mm. now that we know how this works. We've worked with prosthetic. We, you know, we'll have our deadline, but we'll know to plan ahead of time a certain about amount more and we'll, we'll know what we need to give ourselves next time i think to feel a little more comfortable it's it's a learning process and uh, ultimately there was excitement that came from and sticking with that things that were exciting things that you enjoyed uh about creating this album is there one or two specific things that when you reflect on the entire process that you thought i love doing that it challenged me or i just found it a lot of fun mm -hmm. Recording videos is always really fun, um, chaotic, and often very, very cold. <laughs> and that generally leaves uh, some kind of bruises <laughs> or something afterwards, um, but fun. We uh, got to record on, in a, a couple of different locations for videos, which we'd not done before. With the videos for our previous album, they were all done in our former practice space, which was this like insane um, old meatpacking facility. So right. there's all these like, weird technology and stuff in the space. Um, so yeah that i would say recording the videos was was fun and interesting um when you know whenever all of us are in a room together with space to fuck around it gets a little silly so that's fun um yeah i don't know everything about it was challenging but interesting. i mean trying to keep up with I mean, all the exchange <laughs> uh, songwriting um was good very challenging but also really I feel inspiring for me as a, a player I mean I was in mostly like doom and post metal bands prior so like it was definitely a lot bass more bass heavy but like a lot less technical whereas in this band especially on this album compared to the first um it was kind of like pushed to explore new ways of playing and I now I have like way more ideas of what I want to do more aggressively on the next album so there's that. Yeah. For me, it's probably the excitement of like hearing opinions and, and feedback. So, you know, this is a good, this is a great example here. I, I watched your reaction video for Enthrall when it came out. I thought that was really, really fun. And I liked that there were three different personalities on the video who all had three <laughs> very different, pretty different reactions to it. Um, so that was, that was pretty entertaining. Um, and I none of us use pseudonyms, by the way. <laughs> all these are all our actual names. It felt important to say that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, yes. <laughs> we now know. We now know. <laughs> no, it's all good. But yeah, that, that was fun. I, I look forward to that. It's it's scary, you know, when it gets out into the world and it's gonna be judged and critiqued, but it, that's exciting for me. I try not to take it too personally if if someone really doesn't like it. You see a lot of there's a lot of opinions out there, you know, and there's going to be hate and there's going to be complaints and that's fine. It just means people are hearing it and uh, absorbing it, you know, and like, so that's, 
exciting and, and frightening for me all at the same time. And I think, I think the making of process is a whirlwind and kind of a ball of stress. So to get it out is just like a weight off my shoulders personally. Um, so that I kind of look forward to that more than I enjoy the writing. I don't enjoy the buildup to release. And then I, I can finally like move on when it, when it's done, you know, at least I, I feel like kind of reset, you know, and, and prepare for the next thing. I understand that, but ultimately you are going to have to live it for a while. And in this, picking up what you said there, um, and like, for example, that was our first uh, taste, understanding or ever knowing who you were. And since then, it's been a whirlwind ride where, you know, the full album review has gone up and in context and the entire thing is simply spectacular enough so that it's created this buzz and excitement to see you live one day, hopefully over here. But normally what follows is reviews, reviews, reviews and comments and opinions online and stuff like that. How do you handle that part of it? Do you... Do you go out of your way to read and comments and things and opinions of just social media, or do you try to stay away from that aspect? I've banned myself from reading comments. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's too um, positive or negative or neutral or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I, it's still too fresh for me. It feels, I don't know. This is, like, you know, to use it tropey term is this kind of is our our baby and uh <laughs> it's hard to um it's hard to know i i alden in particular has been really good at like going through comments and being like hey check out this is what some people are saying and uh so that feels a little bit more even when they're you know whatever and on the range of opinions about stuff um it feels easier for me to take it in bites rather than dive into like all of the internet trolls in the universe but yeah uh yeah. i'm happy to engage with people in person but the internet is it's hard for me <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah yeah in person is always easier especially shows and stuff not that you would meet like someone who hates your stuff at a show if they want to come to a show come to a show i would hope they would voice their issues politely and we can talk about it it would, it would be great you know? it would be a lot easier to talk to someone then try and like read their potential sarcasm in their you know what it's i think we're all pretty different people in person than than some people um may expect but um it's it's whatever you know it is what it is and it's kind of exciting and it's kind of scary and it happens to everybody you know it's not like not like this is a unique problem you know <laughs> so you just got to deal with it and uh we just try and do what you feel is right and, you know, worry about that. You know, that that's enough on our plate to try and, like, deliver our vision and our, and our ideas to a standard that we're happy with. Like, as long as we're happy and, and we feel content, you know, it's you got to take everything else in stride, I think. Oh, that's what I want to hear. I mean, I'm I'm glad you have that thought process. It can really bog you down. It can drag you down in general, let alone when you're putting a piece of art, a piece of work, a piece of yourself out there. Um, uh, the negative side of online social media, which it seems to be predominantly these days, um, it's incredibly dragging. So your outlook is refreshing to hear. Put it this way, when I, I don't speak to many bands or artists uh, via interviews who have positive things to say about social media so you're far from alone <laughs> in that fact mm. yeah um, I, I imagine so 
Is there one specific track from the album uh, that you're particularly intrigued to see people's reactions to, either in person or even online? Um, Door Never Closed is a song that has not been released yet. It is mm-hmm. a song that is personally really important to me because it was this weird, like, synchronous thing that happened that uh, a very, very close friend of mine had passed away and it hadn't shared that information with anybody else in the band. And then we went to band practice and C was like, here's what this song's about. <laughs> and uh, the, there is a lot of really intense parallels um, to what had happened with my friend. Um, so it's weighty for me. And I, I feel like that was, it's in the music. And I am curious to see how that comes through for folks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, all of the songs I feel like are kind of an evolution from our first record. So I'm curious to see, especially folks who were into it before, like how Mm. they relate to the new material, but that's probably the one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. Door never closed. Um, We were talking about doing a video for that. That was going to be one of the singles originally. And then we kind of, uh, we just decided like maybe the more intense songs are maybe a better first look it's hard to decide you know? <laughs> and all the songs are pretty different from one another they're all uniquely like their own thing and they stand apart i think um so it was hard to decide what to show first but i think door i think the two unreleased well there's three but <laughs> the two main of the unreleased songs are a door never closed and the way is the grave in my opinion and they're probably the two most i don't know if unique is the word but they they're very stylistically and artistically different i think from the other four songs which all have like an identity of you know they might not be as intense as one another but they're conveying the same vibe i think whereas grave and door are a little more like somber and layered and and dynamic i think so um yeah those are the two i'm i'm hyped about and they're my they're my two favorite songs i think and Ironically, we haven't, I don't think we played Door live yet. We talked about mm. it. We, no, we did. We did one time. Yeah, um, we did in DC. In DC, we, we played Door one time. So we want to start doing that. Um, Alarm off. Yeah. I don't know. My my big thing is just like, I think the songs strengthen each other. And I think the record flows really well. And I think all the songs are different. So uh, to hear your review of the full album after, you, you know, like you said, you weren't really sold on Enthrall. And uh, that's fine. Like I, I, I think Enthrall is a challenging song to <laughs> just take in all at once because it's a lot of like repetition and whirling and repeating, and it's like where is this going, you know? But in my opinion, it fits in the album, and I, I think I think the songs help each other when you listen to them in order. So to hear like your review basically saying that means so much to me personally because it kind of it kind of reinforced like my hope that like ah don't worry like the album is cool you know what i mean like it we're just we're not a single band i i don't know you know it's hard to write for us to write a song that just stands out on its own and does everything you need to do and speaks everything we, we just don't i don't think i don't know if we'll ever do that maybe one day but um it's kind of the opposite of what you should do in this day of like streaming but for us an album format where you put mm. it on and you listen to the whole thing and it flows is like that's the goal, right? Like to deliver a full product where every song is equally important 
and meaningful and takes the experience in its own direction. So the fact that you enjoyed it and, you know, you, you thought it was a, a strong experience, whereas it started kind of as uncertainty, like that makes me feel really, really good. So I really appreciate and thank you for, you know, writing the review you did and, and just saying that because that, that means a lot to me at least um, when it comes to the songs and, and, you know, what my favorite part is. I don't have a favorite part really. I'm a strong believer in first impressions aren't that important, and uh, and particularly with your music, um, you know, listen, it, 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 you listen to more, you unpick, you, you delve deeper. This isn't a pop song; it's not a three-minute pop song with a hooky chorus, and that's the end of it. And you move on. You want to spend time with you guys, um, and that's been a joy to do up to this point, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Uh, you're playing live tomorrow, right, at the Bug Jar in Rochester, New York. And then on Friday at what I thought was the excellently titled at the fucking gallery in yes. Rahway, um, <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, are these, I have to ask, are these uh, album release shows? E.g. you potentially going to be doing the album in four? You're going to be playing a lot more tracks from it and so on? We're playing different tracks, um, but not the full album. Um, we're playing with a bunch of really awesome, I have to say, I, forever just as a side note like one of my favorite things about playing in this band is how much we get to play shows with other folks and the underground scene is really thriving and amazing and we get to play with a lot of really cool um interesting creative bands uh which is no no different for these two shows so um yeah they're not uh full album shows but they'll they will in feature different songs than we've been playing before Something people look forward to. And then you've got six dates at the start of October. Check your website for details, folks. That's what I was looking. Are you aiming to get out as much as possible at the end of, by the end of this year and throughout 2024? Is that the focus now? Tour. 2024 for sure. I think at the end of the year, we're going to slow down a little bit for some personal stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And also we're like already percolating new song ideas so want to take some time to work on that stuff um but yeah definitely we want to get out as much as we can yeah what are the possibilities of you heading over our way into europe in 2024 i know this is a big ass i know it's financial as much as <laughs> anything else but we know some festivals you'd be perfect to our festival season in this country is kind of coming to an end now most of the big ones are done um but yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Is it is it a possibility or is it a wait and see, see what happens? Anything's a possibility. <laughs> um, I, I, if, if you build it, we will come. I don't know. <laughs> Give us the option. I think, uh, yeah, anything's a possibility. Yeah. We'd love to, is the point. Yeah, yeah it, would be, it would be incredible. Um, yeah, we. I think it's a daunting task for, for a band like us to take on, but, you know, we want to and we... We know, like Aurora said, if it's doable, we'll we'll try and do it for sure. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great. Yeah, Bloodstock <laughs> Festival, if you know that, has just passed, and um, there were prosthetic record signings bands on that festival there. So you yeah. know, there you go. That's twenty twenty four, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, then, what's an achievable goal you'd like to reach over the next twelve months? Ah. Uh play out as much as we can if we don't get to europe get at least to the west coast um we haven't gotten to do that yet 
Um, we live in a area of the country where it's really easy to get to lots of little places in the area. So it's, you know, we've mostly stuck over here. Uh, get a substantial amount of a new record written, I would say. Mm. If, and I don't know if we could get an entire thing done, but who knows? I mean, it's possible. Yeah, so. I, think, I think writing is the big focus soon because we, we spent so much time uh, preparing for the release and making videos and uh, every little thing that has to be done, the questions have to be answered and the, the label, what they want, you know, for the scheduling and, and stuff. So I think, I think writing is on my list to focus on next. Like we'll do the shows as they come, but I need to start personally. I need to kind of crack down and just start recording riffs and coming up with new things. So when we're ready, I'm, I at least have something to offer. And I think Shane's doing the same. And I know C and Aurora have an idea that we kind of didn't get to work on uh, during the writing of, of this past record. So we'll probably start on that pretty soon. But for me, that's that's the next thing for sure, is at least just like stay prepared um, with, with new ideas. The future is bright. <laughs> Feels that way. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, we live in a dystopian hellscape, but anything's possible. <laughs> okay, I've taken a lot of your time, but we have a couple more minutes left to be doing mine for a completely different section. This is Ozzy Osbourne, and in his head, hold randomized cards with randomized questions from the most serious to the most <laughs> nonsensical. I'm going to pull right. a few out and uh, take it in turns to give an answer if you would please. We'll start with Aurora and then go to Alden. So, first up, at first okay what is your go-to purchase when playing monopoly i have not played monopoly in forever that's a great question i don't even know if i could answer it <laughs> um i i don't remember i honestly Brain don't stations. remember played monopoly. yeah maybe no. yeah i guess <laughs> I had, places um, that I people had, tend to land on. I don't know. Yeah. I had a Star Wars Monopoly board, so things were worded a little differently. But I, it's also been a long time uh, for that. <laughs> I think I would say like whatever I can afford. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, isn't that the yeah. damn truth? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not the most like uh, I'm not I'm not the most savvy Monopoly player. So <laughs> I think I, I think I just buy things and you know try and bunch things together. So I own a bunch of. Uh, Venaria, but I, I don't remember. I don't recall names and streets. That's. I, I remember I'm, losing <laughs> a lot. I I would end up in the jail thing a lot. Right. <laughs> Bankruptcy, jail, yes, capitalism <laughs> at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Okay, next one. What is a fandom that just frightens you a little? Hmm. Um. Baltimore is really rich with uh anime stuff people I I have I don't know all due respect to folks people go real wild with that stuff there are like cons about mm. a mile away from us every single year and it like saturates the city and it just it's wild um I don't know if it scares me but it's definitely people spend a lot of time and energy and money and stuff it's quite a commitment uh yeah i don't know jurassic you, park talking <laughs> one i'm a i'm a um maybe i'm a big alien and predator fan um so 
this room I'm in actually has quite a lot of little alien and predator things sitting around that you can't see. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I don't think fandoms, I, no one fandom scares me. I think I think fanaticism for something can go too far. And once you start bitching at each other about whatever new movie came out and like how they handled it, I, I think you're kind of an asshole. I don't know. Like, it's okay to it's okay to like these things and to to get into them. I just think there's a there's an obvious uh, commercialized aspect to all of this that you should recognize, and you should go into anything knowing that like a movie studio probably doesn't have your characters and stories best interest in mind. So just take it with a grain of salt and hope hope that you know it can be at least if it's if it's like an average interpretation i think you got lucky you know what i mean so <laughs> um i don't know i think i think being a fan of something is exciting and it's fun and it helps bring people together just don't don't let it rule your life you know folks go wild same with black metal though black metal fans are wild too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah let's not talk too much about that yeah <laughs> we okay. probably should have said we probably should have said black metal as the fan what is a meal you cook better than anyone else in the band? Uh, I um, uh, have to, for all that folks are going to roll their eyes, I can't eat gluten because I have a thing with that. Mm-hmm. So I can bake gluten-free stuff better than anybody in the band. I don't know if that's a whole meal, but I can do it. <laughs> It's an incredible skill. I mean, it's such a struggle. I mean, I was just at a festival and while gluten-free options and stuff like that are have improved from like five or six years ago, you're still like still shit out of luck for the most oh, part, yeah. at least for quality. So yeah, any skills like that is incredible. Yeah. We are in a band with some folks who are like C was a professional butcher and chef and Key was also a professional chef, so they could probably cook better than any of us. Mm. Shane yeah. apparently won a bunch of chili cook contests, so that's good. <laughs> Randomly known fact about that dude. <laughs> I made that's some killer uh, barbecue chicken and and grilled veggies for the band one time when they came over my house. But other than that, I, I don't have a whole lot to contribute. I'm, that's one of the things that I'm like really like. I have if I have imposter syndrome about a number of things, but I wouldn't call it imposter syndrome when it comes to cooking because I feel like I'm just I can't do anything. And so I I, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I <try. laughs> it's unfair when you've got a chef within your van. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfair, basically. <laughs> okay. What is the strangest thing you own? Oh, my God. Hmm. Strangest thing. We own, uh, C and I live together, we own a, a human skull, but that's not super strange for black metal. <laughs> don't worry, cultists. Uh, strangest thing, like looking around my house. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What's yours? I think I think strange to most people would be like really awesome and cool with us. Like we're we're really like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's by <laughs> context, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if I have strange things. I have, like I said, I have a whole bunch of uh, alien and predator stuff sitting around me, which maybe not might not be appealing to some people if they come to meet me. Like, oh wow, like you're pretty deep into this <laughs> mm-hmm. um i have a cool thing i have a i have a lars ulrich drumstick from 1986 
No what? way. That is incredible. <laughs> a family, a family friend uh, caught this uh, on the Master of Puppets tour and gave it to me like eight years ago. He's like, "Hey, you want this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take yeah. that." What's so, on it? That's it's, it's like the gauze tape that he, it's like the the gauze tape that he put on there. Oh, stuff. cool. Original crap. So that's, uh, that's something that just like sits on my desk and doesn't do anything. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't have a whole, I have, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, strange is, strange. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's answers that we could be giving, but it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a cool thing. That's just like a weird little gadget on my desk. Um, I wrote... I wrote that card specifically just so I could hear the cool shit people own. And so, you know, I, I think strange is just, it's so kind of, it's so out there. What one person finds strange and person finds cool, exciting, interesting. Do you see that pinata behind me? Yeah. The, right. So that just seems like your average pinata, but to me, that is the pinata. So I, there's a horror movie out there called killer pinata and it's about a killer pinata. I watched that movie and then went shopping with my my partner and um on the shelf were a bunch of piñatas and this was this is the one from the the movie and it was like 2 hours after I watched it I was like I have to buy that I have to buy that I have to buy it so it sits up there now behind me most people just think he's got a piñata on his shelf sure why but no it's actually a killer piñata from the movie so yeah, Has it killed anybody? <laughs> I, I I tell my nieces and nephews when they stay over that it will come to life at night, but um, no one nice. ever believes me. So yeah, <laughs> right, one more for you, and I'm going to uh, let you get on with the rest of your day. What is your favorite Disney animated movie? Fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, I. Oh my god! <laughs> now, if you don't, to be fair, I can we can cheat a bit in this one? If you don't watch a, or have seen a lot of Disney animated movies, you can we can throw in Disney and Pixar the stuff that came later as well. I uh, this is for I went oh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there was a period of I remember when there was like some scandal about the original Little Mermaid having a bunch of like weird pervy things in it. Right. I don't know if you guys yeah, remember yeah. that like the priest yeah. gets a boner at one point and a whole bunch of stuff I got really <laughs> obsessed with that for a minute <laughs> uh, back in the day not out of a like lascivious sense but just out of like like is that all in my head is it real or what or like why are people seeing this now that's probably the one I've seen the most I don't watch a lot of Disney yeah, yeah. I've not heard that specific one. I've heard a few things like from the Lion King and from the Rescuers. He pause at some oh, point yeah. the Rescuers and there's a topless oh, woman. Oh, check the Rescuers. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't remember them. Yeah, it's, I like, I like in the Little Mermaid, it's like flagrant in some parts. Like there, I guess yeah. the part where they're like going to get married. If you and it's crazy because I guess you wouldn't notice. Why would you be looking at an animated priest's genital area? But like he, it looks like he gets a boner. I don't know. Oh, it's God. pretty weird. Check the it out. Castle, <laughs> the, I think the underwater castle looks like a looks like a giant boner too. Um, yeah, totally. Also, it might weird. have been on the cover art rather than like the or the poster rather than the movie. I can't remember, but I I know it was pretty obvious at one point. And a lot of those films had little things snuck in there. Um, even in Lion King, I remember hearing that like when Simba flaps down, like the leaves that go up in the oh, air. Oh yeah, spell sex. Yeah. yeah, I don't see it, but yeah. Pause, 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 pause. Exactly. <laughs> It's fucked up. Yeah, um, 
I'd probably I'd probably be super generic and say The Lion King. I think I think that's like the pinnacle like animated film uh, from Disney. But I'm going to say just all out of like nostalgia, um, way bef- before The Lion King came out, I was really into The Sword of the Stone. Um, oh and yeah. I think that came from like the era of Disney when they were like recycling a lot of their old shit. It, it's like what what's like the the golden age of Disney is supposed to be like Snow White and stuff and the original films or whatever. And then in like the seventies, I think it was, they started, um, they started like just churning out reused stuff and like they would reuse animations and whatever. And I, I don't know, whatever. Stuff, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about all that. But the sword in the stone was one that I, I watched when I was like five and six over and over and over and over again. And then like, that was early 90s when I had that on VHS and was watching that. And I think that one really like resonated and stuck with me for a long time for good or bad, whatever. But so that's probably like that has a special place to me, whether it warrants one or not. <laughs> it's pretty metal. Yeah. We got Merlin. <laughs> Merlin. Yeah. Wizards and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. Uh, watching The Little Mermaid <laughs> and pausing it everywhere. Um <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. From the Wound Spill Forth Fire, our August 25th, 2023 of our prosthetic records. I wish you all a success with it and the shows for the rest of the year and into 2024. Yeah. I hope to see you at some point in the next year or two. Fingers crossed. But for now, again, thank you so much for spending so much time with me. Thank you for having us. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having us on. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?